Episode 1. Someone told me that I should write more. Here's what I think. I think the context of the comment was made during a conversation I had with a good friend of mine, Alejandro. And he suggested that the types of conversations that we had been having, where we had been discussing life, politics, uh, global strategies, military, leadership, all of these different things, he thought what I had to say was interesting. Alejandro comes from Chile, and uh, and he's a global traveler, right? He's interacted with a lot of folks, uh, been around the world, and when someone who I respect that much says that they like the things that I have to say and that I should spend more time trying to communicate them to the world, I'm not too humble to say that for people that I respect, I listen to their advice. Now here's my problem. I really have a hard time sitting down and actually writing. I've tried to do it in the past uh, with fits and spurts. And the issue is, I tend to think grand thoughts and being able to take my brain, which kind of goes in all directions at the same time and try to funnel all of those thoughts into a linear and coherent uh, statement or document uh, becomes very challenging for me. And so I said to myself, well, this is going to be a large time commitment to actually write in the style that I want to write. And more importantly, um, who's going to read it? Where do I publish it? Uh, I have some friends who do blogs. I have some other folks who maybe write in, uh, in online magazines or even in, uh, in some other kinds of publications. And I feel like it's not really a good fit. I, I have a wife, I have three children, uh, I have a career that keeps me very busy, and, uh, and I find that when I wanna start something, I don't wanna let it fall by the wayside, and I don't wanna produce a poor or sub-quality product. So here's our expectation management right now. This is gonna be a conversation. It's gonna be a conversation between me and you as a listener we're just going to talk about some stuff. Um, what I've done is we've set up an email address associated with this uh, podcast. And I just want to hear what it is you have to talk about. What questions you have. And if you're interested in the types of things that I have to say, you know, I'll respond to your questions via email. Um, that email is thinkinghardisnewknowledge at gmail.com. And I think... That's really where my forte lies. It's in having a conversation. Uh, with a busy family life, being able to dedicate all of that extra time, not really feasible. So the, the real focus is going to be, when can I find time in between when I'm doing other things? Can I find time, such as when I'm commuting, which is actually what I'm doing right now, uh, to maybe record some thoughts, communicate with you guys, have a conversation, start a conversation, continue it, whatever else. Um, and in my mind, as I'm driving here in the car, you're right here with me. So let's talk about this, right? So what should I talk about? What are my inspirations? Uh, my grandfather actually worked for IBM back in the day. And uh, when he passed away, it was a very sad moment for me. He was one of my heroes. He was, uh, he was a veteran of World War II and it lived a life with, of honor. And when going through his things, I found this old notepad that he had. 
And anybody who was familiar with uh, IBM back when they actually used to make computers, uh, IBM had what was called a ThinkPad. Well, this notepad that he had, simple, basic notepad, and it had the word think on it. And, uh, and it's very interesting. It's a ThinkPad, right? It was the original ThinkPad, which was just a notebook. And it was just an opportunity for IBM, IBM branding opportunity, to encourage employees to just write down the thoughts as they came to them, right? To not hold them in, not let them just sit in the back of their brain, but rather to uh, foster that creativity in the workplace. Uh, I just thought that was very interesting, and I thought it was so interesting because it permeated the IBM culture so much that they named a product line after these very famous ThinkPads. So it certainly is no coincidence that this podcast is named what it is. Um, And it's no coincidence that this is actually a podcast because this is the time that we have available. Um, One of the things that I like to avoid having happen is start a thing and then fail to continue. I'd say when people start something, there's an expectation that they're going to finish it. And sometimes when you want to start a journey new and you don't know where the end will be, it can be terrifying. And I think to an extent, this is a little bit nerve wracking and a little bit scary as well in that I don't know how long this is going to keep going, but I do know that if I can find a way to where I can avoid having it detract from the other areas of my life, that's sustainable. One of the psychological concepts here at play is what they call ego depletion. Right? Ego depletion is when you expend a large amount of willpower on doing the things that you have to do and you have no energy left over to do the things that aren't absolutely required. It's all the things you want to do or things you think you ought to do or things that may be aligned with your Uh, life objectives but are not necessarily time critical they tend to fall by the wayside and over the course of your life if you don't find some way to to wrap your arms around that kind of a process and find some time to actually do those things that you feel are necessary to have a full and meaningful life then your life is just going to pass you by you know they say you're supposed to if you want to live a deep and meaningful life, try to stop and imagine for a moment that you're on your deathbed and you're looking back at your life and all the things that you've accomplished and you ask yourself, what does it mean? What will I be remembered for? What will be on my tombstone? And if you can figure out what people will be saying about you at your funeral, It gives you a pretty good target about what you should be doing with your life. I think when I interact with people, my hope is is that I've made an impression on them. I hope that the interactions we've had have been positive and that people leave better than they came. And I know for me, when I meet somebody new and I have a chance to have a conversation with them, I benefit greatly from it and I'm hoping that you as the listener are going to benefit as well 
And I'm hoping that this podcast will be successful. I would love nothing more than to be hearing more comments and suggestions and topics uh, from the crowd. One of the things I was thinking about when, when putting together a podcast is something that was introduced to me a while back about how people value art. And it's very interesting because art such as podcasts or paintings or whatever you want to choose doesn't follow the normal supply and demand curves. So normal economics, when the demand stays constant and the supply goes down, the price will go up. Uh, And that makes sense. It's a concept of scarcity, right? Um, If more people are asking for a scarce object, then the price goes up. But with art, it's a little bit backwards. In that if I'm a painter and I've only painted one painting, uh, chances are nobody wants it. There's a lot of paintings out there that are good, but there's only one of them, and so not a whole lot of people are going to get into a bidding war about that one single painting. What people do get in bidding wars about are uh, painters who are very prolific. If I'm a Van Gogh uh, collector, I'm going to want to collect all of the Van Gogh paintings I can get my hands on, everything that I can afford. So... How do I become a Van Gogh collector? Well, I have to have a bunch of Van Gogh paintings already. And in order for that Van Gogh painting to be a next one to be expensive, you got to get into a bidding war with other people who each have their own Van Gogh collections. And if you really want to get things very expensive, you got to have a lot of collectors who are all bidding who also happen to have a lot of money already. And that is how art becomes valuable. And I think that's interesting, right? Is... The value of this podcast is not going to be what you're listening to right now. The value of the podcast is an aggregate. The value is not if I can make one or two, but can I make ten or a hundred? Can I sustain a level of interest? Can I engage with you? Can we have this conversation? Can we start this journey together? Every journey starts with one single step, and this is that step. I think it's exciting. It's a little bit scary. Anytime you start on an open-ended journey with no clear endpoint and no assurance of success, yeah, that's a little bit scary. But I think the reward could definitely be worth it. Uh, I look forward to hearing, as in all the conversations I have with people, I want to hear if, if I'm off the mark. I want to hear if the things that I'm saying resonate or if they don't resonate. If I'm misquoting something, if uh, I'm misremembering something, if I'm presenting to you some information that you never considered before, we have a lot of books at our disposal. And that's one of the cool things about the modern age is we have all the information at our fingertips. The interesting thing is in what they call the smart machine age, you're going to have a lot of computational power is actually going to be done by artificial intelligence, by the computers that are around you, and understanding that every phone in your pocket is actually an artificial intelligence machine. You look at the Google Now, you look at Siri, you look at Alexa, all these are artificial intelligence. And they're at your fingertips. So gone are the days where a definition of smart is somebody who has a lot of things memorized. Because that's not really valuable in today's society. Today's society is about 
can you draw connections? Can you understand how things tie into other things? Uh, are you able to engage with humans on a meaningful level, function nicely in a team? Can you lead a team? Can you ensure that your team plays well with others? In the workplace, multiple studies have shown that there's a, there's a minimum level of knowledge that's necessary. There's a minimum IQ that's necessary in order to be effective, in order to sustain a job in that career field. But an IQ higher than that minimum required doesn't really translate into higher levels of success. And in fact, if you look at academic papers, very rarely do papers ever get written now by a single author. Almost always papers are written with multiple different authors. Almost all teams are developed as cross-functional teams. The value in the modern workplace is not how well you can function as an individual. Because I got plenty of people who can function at a basic level. It's not going to be about how much stuff you can remember because everyone's got a smartphone in their pocket. Moving into the future, it's going to be about how well can you tie information together? How well can you uh, analyze disparate facts and how well you can work as part of a team? How well you can have these conversations? And I'm hoping as we have this podcast is that you can help me and understand how to better communicate some of these ideas and help me become a better team player and help me as you sit there in the seat next to me in my mind uh, have a conversation the thought about what I should write can really vary on a variety of different topics I think you can already hear from the discussion so far that there's a little bit of a discussion about psychology, uh, a little bit about leadership. Um, there's some value in understanding the impact of technology on our future lives and how we can respond. I think globalization is going to be impacting us as well. I think if we want to become better parents, we have to understand the trends that our children are going to have to live in. How do they influence the future? How do they survive and succeed? How do we lead the target, so to speak, to ensure that the training and the education and the parenting that we're giving them are setting them up for success? And a lot of that means that we have to educate ourselves on what the future holds. This is kind of the opportunity to start doing that. So what do I think? I think I absolutely should write more. However... For now, let's just talk more. Let's have a conversation. So what do you think? Email me at thinkinghardisnewknowledge at gmail.com and I'd love to hear from you.